Guess who's back? <gasps> back again. Allie's back. Tell a friend or I mean, don't like you don't have to. But I mean, it would be nice if you did. <laughs> Welcome back to the Be That Bitch podcast with your HBIC, Allie. I am so excited to be back. Y'all, I'm not going to lie. I low-key am feeling some type of way emotionally because I did not think so many of you little fuckers would have missed me. Like, I, what? Little old me? You missed the podcast? I have had my DMs blown up for the better part of a couple months um, asking, you know, like, when's Be That Bitch coming back? Like, when, when is it? I need it in my life. And honestly, y'all did not see that shit coming. <sighs> Thought, like, who the fuck? Who wants to listen to me babble on for 30 to 45 to an hour? I mean, like, you know, I can get long winded, but there's a ton of y'all. So I am so excited to be back. We took, we took a lull ending, you know, like a mid season finale. No, this was definitely a season finale. It was not a mid season finale. It was a season finale, but we back with a new season, but same shenanigans. (laughs) It's like, um, new season, same bitch. What's up? You know, whatever. If you are new and you are just stumbling upon this as your first episode, Godspeed, (laughs) Uh, go back. Um, If you are just coming across this and you've never met me on Instagram, also Godspeed. This is like being thrown into the deep end of the ocean. Sink or swim, motherfucker. Like, I don't know what to say. I also clearly have um, quite the potty mouth. So we have a little fun game that we like to play here. And I will let you in on the game before we get into the shenanigans. The game is every single time Allie says a cuss word, right? Every single time. You got to take a sip of water. By the end of this, my goal is to have you be one hydrated bitch. If you're paying attention, you should have taken a sip of water right there. So pause this, go get your cup of water and get ready for the shit show. I'm like I said, y'all, I am so excited to be back to give you guys more value. My goal here is not to have the most professional podcast, the most beautifully constructed podcast. Honestly, I don't edit shit. Like I literally upload this bitch and hope for the best um, because I want this to feel like you're chatting with your best friend, like you're chatting with your best friend over some spicy margaritas or a good cup of coffee and I because I'm just gonna shoot it to you straight right sometimes I might ruffle some feathers but just know everything I say is always out of love but I believe tough love is still love you know you know you know what I'm saying um but this episode is gonna be a little test drive into it we're just gonna dip your toes into my fuckery um because this episode I am going to be doing a recap of marathon number three but if you've been around for a while you know before we get into the inspiration we talk about the smut nation you know what I'm saying and (laughs) was so corny oh my gosh that was so bad um if you (laughs) if you don't know about me I love romance novels I love to read fiction I also read nonfiction. but y'all I believe that there is a place in this world for both and so we always like to open this podcast talking about my recent reads but it's been a hot minute so like let me just share with you guys some of the best reads also i am recording this on iron flame day i don't know if you know this but it's kind of like a national holiday in the book world um fun fact i absolutely hated fantasy romance like could not stand it i dnf'd every single fucking 
like fantasy book I ever tried. I was like, this is like terrible. I couldn't get through all the world building. I really think it's like my ADHD. Like I, a book's got to suck me in. And when you've got to build a whole world, sorry, pass. But FOMO, right? I feel like FOMO gets us with a lot of things. FOMO actually got me to start reading. Everybody was like all up on Colleen Hoover's dick. And I was like, what is going on, right? Oh, clearly this is not safe for children's consumption ears. Sorry. Um, but everybody was all up in Colleen Hoover, you know. And I was like, fuck, I'm going to try this. Like, I've never been a reader. I've never liked to read. I was like, let me let me see what the hype's about. Um, I found out what the hype was about. And I read every single book in her backlog within like a month and a half. Kid you not, within like a month and a half. And then I just kind of like spiraled from there. Um, so, you know, like if you don't think you could be a reader, trust me, maybe you are. Maybe you just haven't tried to read the right thing. So let me introduce you to Fourth Wing. Uh, this is the first fantasy book that I have ever been able to not only finish, but I rated a 10 out of 10 because I feel like this is the best to get into fantasy because there's not much world building. It's really easy to digest. It's really like action packed throughout the entire thing. And the cliffy at the beginning, the end of fourth wing, I'm sorry, excuse me, disrespectful, absolutely disrespectful. And the most disrespectful part is I had to wait months for Iron Flame. Terrible. 10 out of 10, don't recommend. But like, see... You're already better than me. You can read both. So there you go. Um, so that's the fantasy that I'm just kind of like loving right now and the only fantasy I probably will ever love. But you know, to each their own. Let's talk about three of my top reads since the last podcast episode. So I've had three Infinity reads since the last podcast episode. I don't rate many books Infinity reads. I think I've only had four, maybe five this entire year. And I've read like 260 books. We're not gonna talk about it. Uh, the first one is That First Date. It's by Jen McCone. Y'all, if you love billionaire, if you love like kind of enemies to leverish, if you love fake engagement, oh my gosh, it's so good. The banter is so good. Y'all, he takes care of her. Like I, my a favorite microtrope of mine is when he takes care of her during that time of the month. I don't know why. Maybe it's just because my husband throws a Hershey bar at me and a heating pad and says, I'll see you in a couple days <laughs> that I'm like, these guys actually are attentive. Um, so definitely read that one. It is the second in a series, but you can read it as a standalone. The second Infinity read I've had this year is Between Never and Forever by Britt Benson. Y'all, when I tell you it's a 420 page book and I read it in one sitting, literally canceled all my plans, canceled my life, told the kids to fend for themselves and I read it in one entire sitting. It is so angsty. It's so emotional. It's a second chance romance, a rock star romance and you know, they, they were childhood friends to then like childhood enemies, like childhood friends to enemies to lovers. That was the vibe. Childhood friends to enemies to lovers. Um, so as childhood friends, they really wanted something, but it didn't work out. And he kind of did something really fucked up and lied to her about something. And fast forward like 10, 15 years, they are now working on the movie set together. She is the rock star. He is like working on the set design and stuff like that. And they are forced to interact together. And that's not vibing very well, but they figure it out. And oh my God, it's so good. It's so good. Okay. And the third Infinity Read is probably the spiciest book I have read all year. 
I kid you not, probably the spiciest book I've read all year. And that is Odd Man Rush by Christian Granada. When I tell y'all, oh my God, it's an FFM. So if you're not into a polyamorous relationship, you probably wouldn't be into this book. But it was my first ever FFM. That means two females and one man. And I'm sorry, but what? Absolutely. Sign, what? I mean, don't sign me up, but like sign me up to read it again. (laughs) We're a little unhinged this morning. It's fine. Sign me up to read it again. It was so good. Um, They do corn together. So they like started this corn website and they do that together and it's all supposed to be like a very like friends with Benny's situation but you know as anything when friends with Benny's happens that feelings get caught shit happens and you might find yourself in the kitchen (laughs) we're not gonna talk about it um okay so that is a little recap on some books you've missed as always y'all if you are interested in wanting to learn more about these books or if you love romance books and you want a good community um go to the little description place we have a patreon and it is so much fun it's five dollars a month and you get to talk with an author once a month you get to have a like an instagram chat thread community we share all this stuff and we're actually gonna be doing like an iron flame um convo like discussion at the end of this month so yeah like definitely check that out even if you're not a super advanced reader you don't have to be it's a it's an all's welcome but just know if you join your tbr will never end okay well let's get into talking about how my marathon number three went all righty we are back let's talk all about marathon number three first off It still is like flabbergasting to me that I am talking about not only this bitch ran a marathon, like what? I'm sorry, Ali 2020 would have laughed in your mother effing face. But the fact that I have not only done it once, not twice, but three motherfucking times, like I'm sorry. What do they say, right? It takes a crazy person to run a marathon. What do they say about somebody who runs it three times? Like knows the pain, knows the mental struggle, knows all the shit you're going to endure in those 26 miles and says, fuck it, let's do it again. A mashkikist, a mashkikist. I can't say that word, but you know what I mean? A mashkikist, whatever. Probably that. Um, I would love to know statistically though, you know, it's like less than 1% of the population or less than 0.01%. Fuck, what is that? Hold on, let me Google it. Okay, so according to Google, it's less than 0.2% of people, more specifically 0.17% of the population has run a marathon. Don't know how much that makes it for a three, but it's probably a really low number. And let me just tell y'all, I know why, but I really wish more people would try it. Like more people would say, you know what? Fuck fear, fuck that shit. Like I'm gonna do hard things because... I will tell you, there is nothing like the emotional highs and lows and all of that that you experience in the marathon. I like to compare it to somebody's year and a half to two year long fitness journey condensed into a five hour span, right? Like that's how I would kind of compare it because you feel all the rainbow of emotions. And I'm going to kind of go through the ones I felt and how I felt. And then I've got like a spiel about how I felt at the end of it and what's the next moves for me. So 
Anyways, I went to Indianapolis. This was my first ever fall marathon. I've always done spring marathons because um, I don't know if you know this. It's hot as balls in the state of Georgia in summer. And it's not only hot as balls, but it's muggy. It's humid. It's all the things that you don't want to train in for a marathon. But nonetheless, you know, peer pressure and shit. And there was a bunch of us that were doing that bunch of people that were doing uh, the fall marathon in Indianapolis. So I was like, sure, why not? Uh, it was terrible. The marathon itself wasn't, but the training was. Um, so we went to Indianapolis. It was the perfect. Oh my gosh. Like literally all the weather could not have been more perfect for this marathon. I was really afraid because, you know, I obsessively checked the weather because why not? And it was supposed to rain pretty much that entire day up until two days before the marathon. Um, that's why people say don't check the weather. So, you know, learn from my mistakes. But up until like two days before, it was supposed to monsoon the whole time. And it drizzled a little bit at the beginning. But whenever I looked at the weather, I saw the high was supposed to be like 67 degrees and the lows were going to be in the 40s, right? And I was like so nervous because I don't do good with warm weather running. And I know 67 degrees does not sound like a lot, like really warm. But when you're running, you have to add at least 10 to 15 degrees and that's what the real feel is like. So it would have been pretty hot. Well, God blessed us again. And the high was actually while we were sleeping. And it got lower as the time went on, which hardly ever happens. It was perfect weather. It was overcast 98% of the time. Um, and I, the weather was thriving weather. It was thriving weather at the finish line. It was like 50 something degrees. Um, and so that was so good. And I was already in really good spirits from that. I went into this marathon with the into with the full thought process that I was going to do a run walk. I was like, I do not want to burn myself out on this one. I want to be able to enjoy it. And if I just come a little under my previous record, like I'll be cool with that, but I'm going to do a run walk. So I did an eight minute run, two minute walk. And my run was going to be around 1130. I think it was like 1130 to 1140. And then my walk was going to be 16-minute walk. Uh, first off, that was a really fast walk. Let's just put that out there. And so I was really solid with that. That would have put me right under like 535. It would have put me like right at 535. Um, and so I went out with that anticipation. But at the start line, a bitch was feeling good. Like a bitch was feeling on top of the world. My heart rate was in like the low sexy heart rate. I was probably around like 120 to 130 up until mile like nine, eight. Like it was crazy. It never happened that way. So I was going a little faster. I was averaging right at like an 11 minute per mile to a 10 50 and my walk intervals I was just doing a slow jog so my walk intervals was like a 13 minute average and I was feeling so good I was like let me bank this because something you're gonna know about me and there's something in the running community called a negative split right where you end the race faster than you finish it and here's my thought process on a negative split right my thought process is that's all good and dandy but negative splits do not put into consideration the mind fuckery that you're going to be going through towards the end of the race right like your body might be able to do a negative split my body during this race 100% could have negative split, but it's your mind that needs the convincing. I always say, right, like we can do so much 
but it's our mind that needs that convincing. And so I go into these races knowing that my mindset is going to be really, really, really hard to kind of overcome at that very end. And that I would rather start faster and a little slower. And that is a personal preference. Could I change that thinking? Yes. Do I want to? I really don't. Right. Just to say a negative split, like I don't need that fucking pat on the back, like kudos to you. I don't need that shit. Right. Like I just want to be better than I was yesterday. I run marathons to prove to myself that I can do this shit. Right. Like I'm not going out there to do anything like that. So I knew like I was not going to negative split. So I was going to go out a little faster and I was feeling good and I was riding the vibes, riding the high because when you get towards the end, something that a lot of people don't realize if you've never run is if you're a slower runner, like I, me, right? I feel like anybody who runs a four and a half plus marathon is a little bit slower. Um, especially somebody who runs in the five hours. If you're a slow runner, you are running a lot of the back of the race alone. It just, it fucking sucks, but it is. And so not only are you trying to negative split, but you're also running a race alone and you're tired and you're getting in your head. Like you've got a lot of shit stacked against you. So why not ride the vibes and ride the high at the beginning, but not like go out fucking balls blazing like you're running a 5K or 10K, right? And so I went out like I was running a half marathon at the beginning, right? I was running 11 minutes. I was feeling good. I was... And so up until mile, I want to say like mile nine, it was uneventful. Like I was having an uneventful run and that's what you want. Like, I know that's like uneventful. I was, I was loving it. I was vibing. I was talking. I had like some friends that were running with me. They were running the half and then we like veered off around mile eight together. Um, I was listening to my music. We had all of my boot camp ladies. So I run an online fitness boot camp. We had all of the girls in there. There was a me, two, three. There's like seven of my clients that came and ran this race with me um, between the half marathon and the marathon. Um, But like we had them create us a playlist. So I was listening to that playlist. I was, I was living my best life. Like I was having so much fun. And then mile 10, right? Like y'all at this point, I was freaking on pace to hit a sub five hour marathon. Who me? Somebody who freaking could not run faster than an 18 minute mile. Somebody whose goal, ultimate goal at one point was to run a 45 minute 5k. That was like my, like she's a runner goal. It took me months to hit that goal. And I was on pace up until mile 10 to run the five, a sub five. I couldn't believe it. And I was feeling so good and I really thought it could happen. And then... Let me take a sip of this real quick because this is where shit gets salty. And then shit went downhill real quick, fast and in a hurry. Um, Mile 10, I got the notification that my headphones were low battery. And I was like, you have got to be fucking kidding me. Like you've got to, I I was freaking out because I had never, I never run without headphones. I need that. I do not like to be alone with my intrusive thoughts. And so I'm calling my running coach. I'm like, dude, like, can you see if somebody can bring me headphones? Because I was trying to use the open shocks this time, right? I bought some open shocks. I did not realize they could only last me like three hours. 
what? Excuse me. It was like two and a half hours and they were dying and they were fully charged um, because I forgot my beats at home. Like I forgot my beats in the car when I got onto the airplane and neither here nor there. This is my fault. And so he said he was going to try to find somebody. He never got back to me. I'm still a little pissed about that. Um, and so they ended up dying right at like mile 10 and a half. And I got so in my head. Like I just, it's really hard to push yourself if you don't have music, if you're having to just listen to your breathing. And I started freaking out because I'm like, this is like annoying. I'm ter- like, I'm terrified. I really don't want to have to do 16 miles in the quiet. Like I, those that can run marathons in silence, you are a superhero. I could never. Um, so for the next six miles, I did it in complete silence. I tried to like talk to some people. I just tried to push myself as much as I could. Um, I stuck with the five pacer, like the sub five pacer up until the half marathon. So I ran another three miles with the sub five pacer. And then mile 13, things started going downhill. Like I really started to get in my head. I really started to get frustrated. Um, and I was backing off pace. I started going a little slower in my running. I did not hit my 16 pace for my walk. And at this point I went back to 515. Um, and I was like, you know what? That's still a solid PR. I need, I was like, I need to get myself out of this head space. I need to like fight through this because I was struggling. And then the sun decided to come out and I'm like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. I'm in the silence. The sun's coming out. Like no one is around me. I'm in like fucking dead man's land over here. Like, come on, hit me with your best shot. Give me something else. And then I was like, "Um, you know what? We're just going to keep going. So I kept fighting. Um, just kept going at mile 20, right? So these were pretty uneventful. I was just fighting through it, walking, running. There was one interval that I was supposed to run that I walked because I was just frustrated and I was really trying to get out of my head. There was this really amazing person on the course that I talked to and he, this was like his 20th marathon or something, something insane. He was older and he was clearly doing it with no music. We were talking, he had no headphones. And I just like, how do you do this? Because I am really in my head. And he's like, listen to the traffic, listen to your thoughts. They will steer you in the right direction. I'm like, well, you don't know my thoughts right now. They're intrusive as hell. And I don't like to be alone with them. I literally go to the supermarket and have audiobook in my ear because I do not ever want to be alone with my thoughts. So that was no help. Um, so continued on. He was being very sweet though. Mile 20, I said, fuck this. And I put my phone on loud. I was like, you know what? If you're going to have to hear some Eminem, you're going to have to hear some NF. You're going to hear some cuss words, but you know what? We're just rolling with it because I cannot do this anymore. So I turned my phone on loud and I just carried it with me. I put it in my hand and I was listening to music like that. So I was able to dig a little deeper there um, and listen to my music and really try to fight through it. Um, Mile 23, we were, the sun was out from mile like 19 to 23. Then it went back and I was like, you know what? 
we're going to dig deep. We're not going to finish this as strong as we thought. We're not going to do a sub five like we thought. We're not even going to do a sub five fifteen, but we're going to finish this as best as we can. Um, I passed one of my clients at this point and she was crushing it. Like I was so freaking proud of her. And so I was like, you know what? We're going to dig as deep as her. Like it, it, you don't realize the things that can help push you when you're out there. And so I was able to finish that marathon and with an amazing PR, like I am so proud of the record, like the PR that I got. Um, so my first marathon, I got these times here. I finished it in 547. So five hours and 47 minutes. Marathon two was five hours and 44 minutes. And marathon three was five hours and 25 minutes. So I got right at like an 18 ish minute PR and I could not be happier. Like that is a huge jump between my first two. And this was the first marathon at the end of it. I was not like dying, right? Like I did not break down and cry on the course. I was a little pissed off. I got aggravated, but I did not break down and cry. My legs didn't lock up on me. I didn't get very emotional. Like I remember marathon two. And if you go back and listen to my marathon two recap, y'all, you will see just how excruciating that marathon was on me. And the fact that at the end of this one, like I was walking around like a bad bitch, like I was going upstairs. My legs felt amazing after this one. One, it tells me that my training, I, I crushed my training cycle. Two, it tells me I let my mind hold my body back. And let me explain, right? So like I knew at the end of that marathon that I let my headphones dying. I let getting in my head, like I let my mind hold my body back. Like my body could have done more. My body could have fought harder. My body could have gotten a five hour marathon. I know it to the depths of my soul, which really pissed me off at the end of this because I was really upset with myself. One, I was upset with myself for like leaving my headphones in the car. What a rookie mistake. Two, I was upset with myself for letting that small inconvenience hinder me. Um, and three, I was upset just because I was fucking upset. But on the other end of the coin, right? Like I tell my clients all the time, be proud of what you did, not what you didn't do. Be proud and focus on what you've accomplished, not where you fell a little short. And so at the end of this, like I had to really look inside of myself and be like, yeah, you know what? That kind of fucking sucks. But you got an 18 minute PR like between marathon one and marathon two. That's four, three minute PR. I got a three minute PR between marathon one and two. And then I jumped into bad bitch territory and got an 18 minute one. Sure. Would it have been great to get like a 40 minute PR? Sure. Would have been fucking fantastic. But you know what? It didn't happen. And that's okay. And that's kind of like the thing that I've had to really like shove into my head is not everything is going to go ideally. Not everything is going to go perfectly. There is shit that's going to happen. I mean, the marathon will test you. It will test you. It takes no prisoners. You will, you are at the marathon's disposal, right? And so I just kind of at the end of that, I had to be let go of all of that shit and just say, I'm here to celebrate one, what my body can do. Like, a 200 pound body, right? I don't really know exactly how much I weigh, but I'm probably around 200 pounds, right? 190. I don't know. A 200 pound body can run 26.2 miles. 200 pound body can 
train for a marathon through the summertime. She can bring herself over. Like, if that does not show that if I can, anybody can, I don't know what will. And that is truly what, like, at the end of this marathon, I stayed and watched my two clients pass the finish line, which I think I'm going to get them on the podcast because, oh my God, it was so freaking inspiring. I watched two of my clients cross the finish line. I watched so many other people cross the finish line because we did not leave until way, way after I finished. And a few things I noticed. One, I noticed how many people just left. How many people left once they finished their race and they did not stay there and cheer on. I watched the spectators dwindle and dwindle down until there was hardly none. I watched tables get turned, like picked up and, and stations being closed down. Like I cannot tell you how many races I've run where hydration tables are completely empty. Like there, by the time I get there, there's no water. Like even me during this marathon, there was two hydration tables that were completely empty, no water. And I was around an average marathon time. So I'm thinking about all the people after me because this one had a seven hour, like, like you could go up to seven hours before you de- like you get taken off the course. That's an hour and two hours almost an hour and a half. You know what I mean? Like, I don't math hard. After I finished. And they were already pulling hydration tables up. They were already clearing out finish lines. There was already not some stuff at the finish line for me and my girls. Like, I'm just, it blows my mind. Like, if you are going to have a cutoff time, everything should remain up. Hydration tables should remain stocked. Finish line should remain up. The announcer, you can't force people, but like as runners, as a part of the running community, if we say it's inclusive, and I'm going to go on a tangent right here because pretty much recapped all of my marathon. It was a very pretty uneventful one except for my headphones. So here's my tangent for the day. As a running community, right? I believe the running community is so inclusive, right? I truly love being a part of this community, but if we're going to preach inclusivity, right? We're going to preach whether you're fast or slow, you belong here. Then we need to hang around with the slower runners. We need to stay there to cheer them on. We need to freaking be there to support them. If we're preaching community, you do not leave a community member behind, right? I was reading somewhere that the average person will run a marathon in about five hours. Like that's the average time. And the fact that there are so many people that are closing up tables around somebody that's a 5.30 marathon, like they're, they're, every single person is paying the exact same amount of money to run this race, right? Everybody is paid to run this race. Why are we not valuing those slower runners? Why are we not supporting them? Why are we not giving them the same shit that the faster runners get? Like I've been at finish lines that I have not have a finish line to run under. I've been at the end. I didn't have a fucking banana. Like people joke around that we run like we pay all this money to run for a free banana. Well, I didn't even get my fucking free banana because all the bananas were gone. Like these are the things that the running community as a whole, we need to fix. And I truly believe one. Yes, it's something that needs to be fixed within the race organizations and those that are organizing the races. But two, I believe it starts with us. I believe it starts with us as runners committing to staying there to cheer other runners on 
committing to like, hey, I'm going to bring a sweatshirt. I'm going to bring sweatpants. I'm going to stand on that sideline and I'm going to cheer these other people on, even though I don't know them, because that's what we do when we're a part of a community. We cheer those people on, right? I'm going to help along the way. Like these are the things I know running is an individual sport. I know a lot of us throw our headphones on and we don't pay attention to the world around us. But like, can we just try and do a little bit better? Like, I know, you know, (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. Like, I know I'm never going to get recognized in the running community because I'm never going to be somebody that Boston qualifies. I'm always going to be a back of the pack runner. But you cannot hold these big races without us back of the pack runners. Because we are the ones who are paying to get this, right? The majority of runners are your quote unquote, the back of the pack. So like, just, just appreciate us a little more. That's my... That's my little two cents. Um, I am just so passionate. Like I am so passionate about slow runners and truly making every single one of us feel valued, feel welcomed, feel successful. Like it should be a party. And that's one thing I love about the New York City Marathon, which just happened this past weekend, right? Is that they party up until the night. Like they will party. So if you're crossing that finish line and a six and a half, you're going to have a party rate there waiting on you. Like that's the vibes that we need all along, like across all the freaking races and stuff like that. So that's my little, that's my little chid bit. Um, now what's next for Allie? I said multiple times that this would be my last marathon. <laughs> I was so, I, this, this training cycle was terrible. I'm not going to lie. It was so hard mentally, physically, emotionally. Um, it was hot. I run hot. I sweat more than a whore in church. Like it's just a whole thing. But like after this last marathon, I know that I'm not done with it. <laughs> I know I am not done with it. So there's definitely going to be another one. I don't know if it's going to be a spring or fall. I want to charity into the New York City Marathon. Um, I just, I've read so much about it. I have researched it. Um, and I would really love to be a part of that. So that is my goal is I would love to charity into the New York City Marathon. Um, we will see if that happens. If not, the Indianapolis one might be a good one again. Um, I usually like to go to different states each time. So like my first one was in Nashville. My second one was in Georgia. Third one was in Indianapolis. So I would love to add New York to that. Um, I am also going to start dabbling in trail running. I went and paced somebody on a trail and did 15 miles on a trail, y'all. And let me tell you, it was like one of the most fun things I had. And I think I need to find the fun in training again, find the fun in running. And so maybe that means breaking it up and going and hitting trails for some shorter runs and, you know, just like adding a variety. I feel like sometimes after you've done something for so long, it can be really easy to find, like lose the joy in it. And so adding a variety, adding differentiations, changing playlists, stuff like that can really help you find the joy and stuff again. And I feel like that's with anything, right? Like if you have been doing a certain kind of CrossFit for so long, it can really become monotonous and just not joyful. So always just changing it up and adding that variation can truly be so helpful in that journey. I also am feeling a very, very big pull in my heart, um, to go and get running coach certified. Um, like I said, I've been running now for two and a half years, two years, no, two years in October, 
was exactly two years that I've been running. Um, and over these last two years, like I have seen so much improvement. I have seen so much just from like somebody on the outside, but also on the inside. Um, I saw so much improvement from working with a running coach, but something that I realized is hiring a running coach can be so fucking intimidating, especially as a slow runner. When you're a slow runner, you get this imposter syndrome, right? Like, is he going to laugh at me? Is this going to be a waste of their time? Like, I'm not even good enough. Like, I don't need, I can't be a, have a running coach. Like, that's only for the fast people and all this and stuff, right? Like, we get really in our head when we feel like we're a very beginner runner. Like, we don't feel worthy almost of working with somebody that might be certified or something like that. And a lot of these running coaches can be very unapproachable, right? Because they're fucking fast. Like, my running coach, he runs like a sub three hour marathon, something crazy like that. Like he is so fucking fast and I'm not going to lie. It was very intimidating to me to say like, Hey, I run a 15 minute mile, but will you train me? Like it can be very intimidating. You can feel like you're wasting their time. Um, and so like my goal and what I want my like vibe to be for whenever I do this is I want to be the coach for beginner runners, for beginner to intermediate runners, I want to be your first step, right? Like I want to be the coach for that mama that just wants to prove to herself like she can do hard things. I want to be the coach for that wife that never thought she could run but wants to go out and try to run a 10K. I want to be that coach for that person who is starting out with an 18 minute mile but wants to get a little bit faster. Like I want to be that coach for somebody who wants to run their first marathon and learn intervals and stuff like that. Like I want to be the coach that I can be like, I understand because I was there. And I feel like a lot of running coaches, sure, they might understand to a certain extent, but like, that's one thing, like I told my running coach, I'm like, you understand, but true endurance athletes are those marathoners that are running a marathon in five, six, seven hours. Like to be on your feet, like sure, we're all running the same fucking mileage, but to be on your feet for that long, the mental shit it puts you through I understand that. And so I want to be that that coach that mentors you not only physically to be able to complete those races, but mentally and emotionally also. I want to be the coach that makes everybody feel successful and worthy and valued. I want every single one of my runners to cross that finish line knowing that they have a coach that's fucking proud of them, that they're proud of themselves as well. Um, I want to be able to do more running trips, like running vacations. So, you know, the way I see this is we're going to do like two a year where we get to all come and celebrate together and truly just soak up that team. So anyways, that is kind of a little, you guys are getting that first news because I haven't even put this out in the universe yet. Um, I just paid for my running certification course. So I'm going to start going through that. My goal is to become a running coach by January to truly help people start training for spring runs. Um, so that's that's kind of where I'm at right now. That's where my heart is. Truly this race and being able to be there with some of my girls and get to see them complete something they never thought they could. It lit this fire under my ass to say, you know what? There's more women out there that never thought they could do this, that just need somebody to believe in them, show them what's fucking possible and that they can do this too and give them that guidance. And I want to be that person. So anyways, 
that's really all I have for you guys. I hope this was a great first episode coming back. I have lots and lots of ideas as this podcast keeps going. Um, I really am going to try to get some of my girls on that finished not only Kansas City half marathon that I went to the weekend before and helped pace my girls. Oh my God, that was so much fun. Um, but also the ones that ran in Indianapolis. I'm also going to get some guests. We're just going to have a good fucking time. We're going to have a good, good time. So anyways, I'm going to leave you like I leave you every single time in a world full of bitches. Be that bitch. I love y'all.